Hey, this is Chris Dufay, CEO and founder of Coaches Cartel. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the shit you don't learn in college podcast with my great friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, my guest is Chris Dufay. He's an entrepreneur, published author, speaker, filmmaker, health nut, and cookie lover, as well as a featured expert for publications like Entrepreneur, MSN, CNBC, and many others. Chris is currently living between Bali and Australia with his daughters and wife and is the founder and CEO of Coaches Cartel and is obsessed with helping coaches and business owners grow their dream businesses and lives. You're not going to want to miss this episode and how he went from being an overweight kid to a personal trainer to a multi-seven-figure business owner, the three components to living a life worth living, why he's not motivated by money, but you're also going to enjoy how the Bentley driving Buddhist changed his life. We also dig into some other kind of woo-woo topics like past lives and psychedelics, and why morning routines are overrated. You're not going to want to miss this episode, and don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. I'll see you in there. All right. How's it going, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And my guest today is Chris Dufay. Chris, welcome to the show. Dude, thank you so much. I, uh, I've never been so excited to kick my feet out of bed at 4 a.m. in the morning knowing I get to talk to you. So I'm excited, brother. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You're getting up extra early for this one. I, I can't thank you enough. No, it's all good. This is going to be fun. Let's rock it. Yeah. So, so first of all, let's explain why it's four in the morning for you. Where are you right now? I am currently in Australia right now. Um, uh, have been living in Bali for seven years prior, and we came back to Australia uh, not that long ago. And also, because you felt like sitting in a two-week quarantine in a hotel with your family. Yeah, dude, that was interesting. That was interesting. we were trying to dodge that. So we got to Bali at the start of 2020, and then I was yeah. actually about to leave. Uh, to hold an event in LA and I canned it the day before all the lockdowns happened. And so we stayed in Bali for COVID and it was actually quite amazing to be perfectly honest. Uh, Then we ended up coming back. So we landed, we actually got in our new home because we bought this place just before we left to go back to Bali. 
So we spent two weeks in quarantine and there's, uh, so for everyone that doesn't know, I've got three young daughters and the wife as well. So we're a family of five. And so we spent 14 days together in a one bedroom, uh, really crappy hotel. But to be perfectly honest, I have really fond memories of it. Like we had a really yeah. good time. So it was good. Well, they do, they do say, you know, going through tough times together is what bring pe- brings people closer together, right? So yeah, forcing, forcing your family into tight quarters will do very it. Very close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. So I, obviously, we're going to dig into a lot of stuff today. Um, but I think probably the most pressing question that I have for you is, how do you get biceps that big? <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, you don't miss a workout for 15 years. How's that? Okay. So, so what you're saying is I've got a little bit of time before I get there. <laughs> There's, There's a little bit of time. It's all right. It's all good. It, okay. It okay. All right. We're all I, on I, our own journey. Well, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so j- just for, for everybody out there listening who doesn't know, know Chris intimately, um, I'd love to just start off with maybe, you know, three to five minutes of your journey, how you got to where you are right now, uh, you know, going through, um, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but for everybody listening, you're going through being the fat kid when you were younger to being a personal trainer, uh, a PT in Dubai, then a business coach. And now you're pretty much everything. You're a, uh, you know, a documentary maker, you're a published author, you're a, you're a business coach. So you do a lot of fun stuff. And on top of it all, you've got an amazing family, like you mentioned, amazing family of five that, um, you know, personally, when I look at the type of father that I want to be, when, when I get to that point, you're, you're one of my idols. Um, so I'd, I'd love for everybody to just kind of get, you know, the, the, the three to five minute version of Chris Dufay, Chris Dufay, if you could. I appreciate that, dude. Uh, so, yeah, I let's start from the start. I well, we can start with what lifetime we want to start with, but that could be a little bit too woo. Uh, so let's well, we'll get into that afterwards. Don't worry. We'll get there. Uh, my parents had me when I was seventeen, so I grew up with a family that we didn't have a lot of money at all. And the beauty about it, though, was I still have an amazing relationship with my parents. Uh, and we all say that we grew up together and I was a super overweight kid as well when I was yeah. growing up and it held me back. I was very athletic. I played heaps of sports, but I was uh, held back because honestly, looking back, I had a real eating disorder and yeah. that's when after I finished high school, I found the gym and started to work out and I started to see the transformation when I finished high school, I got a nine to five job managing this warehouse, like super crappy to be perfectly honest. And it only took a few months for me to realize I'm not cut out for this nine to five thing. And I decided to become a personal trainer because I started to see the transformation within myself from going to the gym and actually probably getting to work out and take care of myself and my health. And so I became a personal trainer. Uh, it's it's interesting when that happens, right? Because like whenever we see that personal transformation ourselves, whether it's health and wellness or it's, you know, mentally in the self-development space, like it's, it's like you have it happen to you and you're almost like, how are other people not doing this? Yes, totally. Yes. And it's very much like the, I see it as the wounded healer. Like we, we've yeah. been before and now we become the healer for that. And it really is just like, when I look back going through this, it's very much the, uh, repetition cycle that I've been going through. So I was overweight. I learned to lose weight. I became a personal trainer because I wanted to help others go through that transformation. Yeah. Uh, I ran a personal training business throughout Sydney. I then, 
<laughs> we found out my wife was pregnant with our first child. Three days later, I had the opportunity to move to Dubai and start a fitness business there. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I was not happy with the situation I was in with business yeah. and in life. And I saw this like white picket fence falling in front of me. And I was like, this life is not what I signed up for. Like, I don't right. want this. And so I took the opportunity. So my wife was uh, six months pregnant and I sold my car, sold our house, gave all my clients away. I jumped on a plane, flew from Sydney to Dubai and I knew one person over the other side and I slept on a couch for three months while I built up a fitness business there, jumped on a plane, flew back to Sydney and got there in time for my wife to give birth. Then we moved yeah. uh, all together. Let's, so and- yeah, let's, let's pause there for a second too. Cause I think that's like, well, I think there's a lot of people that are out there, right. And they might be in a similar situation where maybe they're in a nine to five, or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're like something's they're at a critical, critical juncture in their life. Right. And they could go down that path. That is the, the comfortable and safe path. But part of them knows, part of them knows that there's something else that they need to do. Right. Like I, I could probably sit here and be like, dude, Christy Faye, like what a dick left his six month pregnant wife to, to go jump on a plane to Dubai and go like, you know, train people. Like he was just like, screw it. I'm out. Right. But like, it, that's not what you did. No, right? the, the motivation for me was I had to build security and a foundation for my family. Yeah. And I knew I had to do something radically different to be able to make that happen because the situation I was in, I was like, I was a personal trainer in Sydney. I was training between two high end gyms. I was working from doing 6am to 6pm, six days a week, not having enough time to scratch my backside. And that just wasn't the life I wanted to live. And so I knew I had to do something different. And when this opportunity arose, it was like, I've got to take this. And there was just, there was definitely something inside of me that was like, like my dad thought it was dead set a joke until the day before I flew. Like, yeah, it was like, everyone was just, must've been like, Chris is bonkers. Like he's lost his marbles Yeah, and I did it. And it was like, it was the scariest thing I've ever done for sure. Like on that flight going there, like I cried hard because I was like, what out of fear, like out yeah. of sheer fear. And the crazy thing was, dude, like I was sleeping on a couch during that whole time, getting that business up and running. And every single night I fell asleep like a baby, like because I was one, so exhausted, but two, I knew I was on the right path. Yeah. I knew I was doing the right thing and it was leading to it. And so that's where I look back now and both Lauren and I, my wife, like we go, that was one of the hardest times we've ever gone through but we're so thankful for it as well. And I think that's where it comes to others. If you are in a fork in the road, uh, take it and take it knowing that you know, yeah. you're going to be able to uh, enjoy the fruits of the hard work and the labor that you go through now, because it's not all meant to be sunshines and rainbows, but at the same time, I've got to be honest, like, when I tell my story, so when we moved from Sydney to Dubai, I burned my bridge. Like I sold everything. I gave everything. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't go back. You, you had know. no, you had no escape plan. You had no yeah. back door. Like this is it. Yeah. My ships were burnt. And, but then we did it again because then later down the path after like two years being in Dubai, um, honestly, Lauren came to me and she goes, we can't keep living here and living this life. Like this isn't for us. Yeah. And we didn't want to move back to Australia. We had fantasized 
before, uh, previously about living in Bali or somewhere around the world. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like that whole like tropical island dream. And Lauren came to me with like, hey, we could move to Bali. And that was just when I started my online fitness business. Yeah. And I was like, I really enjoy this. And I think I'm kind of good at it. Like, let's do this. And so I kind yeah. of scrambled together a plan to be able to have enough money with online training. And we did the exact same thing. We sold everything in Dubai, like got rid of everything. <laughs> so you're, you're basically a master of burning, burning the boats behind you. When you, you, you travel of. to a new island, you burn the boats behind you and you yeah. make it work. It kind of is like it's, and it's interesting looking back, but that's where I, I don't recommend others to do that. Like, I'm not saying everyone has to do that. Like there are situations yeah. where you do you know I mean kind of have to have one foot in one foot out. And so that's where it's like, when we moved from Dubai to Bali, like I burnt all my ships and I remember so clearly because it was like two days after we got to Bali, I lost a bunch of clients. Yeah. like a bunch of clients because I did shit wrong. It wasn't right. Um, they were not the right fit for actually online coaching at that time. This was back in 2014. Yeah. And I remember sitting there at my uh, laptop being like, holy shit, I don't think I can pay for our life here. Like, are yeah. we stuck? Do you know what I mean? Like, like what the hell has just happened? And so anyway, um, I, learned, I pulled my shit together. I figured. I, out I take it. it you didn't. You didn't die on the streets in Bali or anything. No, we did it. We did it. Do you know, we didn't have to eat rice. Do you know I mean for months on end? <laughs> I, I figured it out. I made it work, and that was do you know, like seven years ago now. And I'm really thankful. So for me, it was the progression of I was fat. I learned to lose weight. I wanted to help other people be able to have that physical transformation. I, then I ran a really shitty PT business for a while. Yeah. I learned to run a good fitness business. And then I wanted to help other people do that because I also really fell in love with business more than fitness. Like I still love yeah. fitness, a huge part of my life, but I fell in love with business and how everything works and what that organism really is. And yeah. to be honest, I kind of feel like I'm going through another evolution now where I'm like, I lived a life where I didn't love, or maybe even I didn't love myself. But now I live a life where I love my life. I love myself and I want to help other people go through that transformation also. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So tell, tell me about that. Do you think that life is just this series of like, you do this thing, you're not that great at it. You realize you're not that great at it. So you get better at it. And now you want to help other people do the same thing. So uh, I remember, so we're both friends with Taki Moore and I remember having lunch with Taki a while ago. And uh, he said to me, he goes, Chris, uh, if you didn't have to work for money, because that's going to be pretty soon for you. Like, what are you going to do? And I'd never thought about that question. Yeah. No one had ever asked me before. And what just rolled out of my mouth was learn and share. I just want to yeah. learn and share. And it's just this virtuous cycle that continues on. And when, to be perfectly honest, like I interviewed you Xander for my first documentary and I'm going to be coming and see you again because the next documentary series, a life worth living that I'm doing is exactly that. It's me wanting to go out to the world's best and learn how do we integrate spirituality, success and service together? Like how do we yeah. have a new definition of success in this world and how do we actually get there? And so for me, I'm just, I'm figuring my shit out. Do you mean I'm definitely not the person that is saying like, I've got the answers. It's more like I'm going out to get the answers. And if you want to come with me on this journey, dude, let's do it together. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. So let's let's dig into that for a second. A life worth living. You said spirituality, service, and success all coming together into like one one pot. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. So I feel like when I was sitting down and I was asking myself the question, "What is a life worth living?" Yeah. And uh, I I've been mulling through this. I've been talking with so many people about this, trying to understand it. And then it was like there was three major components that I felt like uh, what a life worth living ultimately comes to. And this was while I was trying to put this together in a model, like in a genius model uh, that we know what it is. And so there was three factors. There's spirituality. And when I say spirituality, I think a lot of people might kind of like take that the wrong way. Uh, Ken Wilber has an amazing definition of spirituality, which is what is of most importance right now. And so it's just being aware of what actually is and being able to show up as your best self. So, so, so it's almost like spirituality is like defining presence, like being present to the current I, moment. Yes, I agree. I agree. So like, for example, we were talking about this before we hit record. Um, I'm really practicing uh, Dzogchen, which is kind of like a Buddhist uh, lineage and a big part of Dzogchen was so Dzogchen actually stands for great perfection. And the whole idea is it's a very non-dualistic path, which is you're just seeing life for what it is. That's it. You're like, you just, you're taking everything else out and you're just there seeing it for what it is. And that's, that's a path to enlightenment. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it was, how can we see life for what it is and what does spirituality, which has been a huge part of my evolution over the past few years, success was this is almost a dirty word in so many uh, groupings of people in communities yeah. because we have success and so many people think of the monetary gain of success, yeah. that life, do you know what I mean? And all those things. And I'm like very, money, basically money and fame is normally closely tied really, to the, to yeah. the idea of success. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's where I was like, well, I've got to be perfectly honest. I'm not that motivated by money. Like I've definitely, and this was actually a failing of mine. So if I can throw my hand up first and say, you know what? One of the first places I screwed up with business was I definitely plateaued because I hit a income. My businesses were doing like great and I wasn't pushing for more because I was like, well, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Like Because because you you tied it to the money rather than all the other things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's where, uh, service comes in because yeah. uh, like I do, I wear this t-shirt often purely for my own sake. So mudita um, is the poly word, which stands for sympathetic joy. So it's the joy huh. you feel when you see someone else enjoy. And so that's where service comes in play because uh, I hate to be one of those douchebags where they always say like what Buddha says, but it's Effectively, it's okay. I mean, you can you can be that douchebag today, Chris. I can totally worry. be that douchebag. And effectively, it was like happiness comes from serving others. Suffering comes from trying to serve yourself. Yeah. And it was like, oh my god, that's like. Can we can we repeat that? Say say that one more time. I want to make sure nobody missed that. Uh, happiness comes from serving others. Suffering yeah. comes from serving yourself. That's amazing. So that was a, another big realization. Where it was like, service is a huge part of this. Um, however, and this is where I'm always trying to look at the dichotomy in both sides of the story. If someone is watching and listening to us right now and they're like, Chris, that sounds phenomenal, dude, but I'm struggling to put food on the table right now. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm with you. I've been there. You need to serve yourself. 
you, you need to take sure. care of that first. <laughs> exactly. And there is definitely kind of like, um, uh, Jimmy, the, the pyramid of needs that you well, it's, need Yeah. It's like Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like exactly. if you're, if, if, if you don't have food shelter and like basic physical safety, like that has to come first before right. you can reach for like self-actualization and like exactly. everything exactly. there. And that's where like, there are very many things. It's uh, like, you have to take care of yourself and you yeah. have to be able to get your shit in order before you can go and ha- put others in order as well. So it's definitely the whole concept of like, you've got to put your mask on before you put others' mask on. Yeah. But also like one of the best ways I can serve you, Xander, is I take care of myself. Because if I can show yeah. up as a better person, then I'm able to better serve you as well. So there's also that dance between the... I'm just going to martyr myself. and Right, right. Because a lot of people will take that. They'll think service, service means be a martyr, give your entirety to everybody. But then if you actually take care of yourself, you can give more to more people more regularly. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, that's amazing, man. So talk to me, talk to me about Buddhism a little bit. You you mentioned, you mentioned success. You mentioned uh, service. Talk to me about spirituality and Buddhism. You just mentioned this. Um, I hate to make everybody jealous. Yes, Chris and I were hanging out before we started and hit record and we were, we were talking about stuff, all the dirty secrets of the world. And you're just not going to get those. Sorry. I'm just playing. Um, but, uh, talk to me about that. So you're, you're going down this Buddhist path. You've been doing it for the last few years. Fill me in. Um, so I remember my parents when I was 11, my parents gave me uh, a meditation book and I remember doing like meditation for the first time be like whoa that was awesome yeah now, having been successfully continuously meditating since 11 that's definitely not the case yeah and then I remember you would be you would be levitating while recording this podcast <laughs> had, you been, had you been doing that yeah. I'm not levitating I'm 160 yeah. kilos weighing straight into what? the floor. <laughs> yeah. um I remember actually so you know what I I had two personal training clients when I was in Sydney that gave me this book. If my camera is going to, and yep. everyone, uh, it's by Lama Yeshi and it's called ego attachment and liberation. Small little book. It's from a five day meditation retreat. Amazing. Uh, I remember getting this book given to me ages and ages and ages and ages ago. Uh, and I'm so happy I found it and I still have it. And so it kind of like opened me up with these two, guys that were my clients uh were buddhist and were super successful so this is the thing like i remember one of them came and picked me up in his bentley one day and took me out for lunch and gave me a real bentley driving buddhist yeah seriously and i'm not joking and he was he still is an amazing human being um peter is his name thank you peter i love you dude and it was an amazing experience for me to see someone that has the success do you mean like money fame that's kind of stuff and but on the other side have spirituality and then that's where i was like why why are these two different things and that's when i started to question so anyway um i've been i was very much a little while ago it's like i i I don't call myself a buddhist because if i reckon i did i'd just be like shitting on it all the right people that are buddhist i don't want to do that um, I'm practicing Buddhism in a sense. I also am very much into stoicism. I kind of like dancing between the yeah. two as well. So I like the, 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 the Mar- Marcus Aurelius is the, the Seneca and yeah, like I've got 
heaps of Buddhist uh, stoic books and stuff behind me. And so anyway, it's, it's interesting because I like looking at kind of a combination of everything. But recently, um, I kind of really got in touch with Dzogchen. And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go all in. Like, I think there is a huge part of life where you need to dedicate yourself. Like, you know what jazzes me up, Zender, is when what? you see someone that does something like super obscure and they just froth on it day in, day out and they love it. Like they, they really go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like really go for it. Like one, one might say they, they burn the boats on everything else and, and, and really go for it. (laughs) Yeah, Like they just like, they just, they find something just, they, they cannot get enough of like they make chairs or they they're knitting or like, I don't care whatever it is, but you're just like, what you're into that. That's cool. And also, sorry, because I'm, I'm joining dots between these thoughts that I have. Um, I've got a mate of mine that was in Bali. He's a, a multiple Olympic gold medalist swimmer and we're training every day together. And it was really cool to be able to train with like someone that's amazing and, and has been at literally the world's best level. And it hit me and I was like, you know what? I think a big part of success in life is you need to go all in on something and you need to learn to, you need to learn the skill of mastery. I was, I was going to say you have to master it. Yeah. Yes. You have to learn the skill of mastery because then when you do that, you're then able to apply that to other areas in life. And so for me, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go all in on this Zogen stuff. Let's see where it goes. And that's currently where I'm at. I can't get enough of it, dude. Like I've went from like, like the podcasts I listen to, to the books I listen to and everything like that. It's like, dude, it's not business or fitness or anything like that anymore. Complete, like, complete shift. <laughs> yeah, I'm to like these Buddhist llamas and stuff. And I think it's hilarious. Oh, that's amazing, man. I love it. So like, I could probably dig in this. Actually, one more question. One more question on the Buddhist topic, and then we'll keep moving forward. You mentioned, you mentioned, I asked you to start your story, like start from the beginning. And you said, what lifetime? Talk to me. Do you, do you, do you believe in past lives? Have you like witnessed your own past lives? I've had a psychedelic experience before where I was in a past life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have two, by the way, you're not the only crazy on this call. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There's two crazies here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do, dude. Um, why do I? Maybe because it makes me feel better about not just having one life and when you go, the lights turn off and that's it. So maybe it just yeah. maybe it gives me an optimistic view of like there is more. But genuinely deep down, I'm like, mm, it feels true. Do you mean like when you when yeah. I really like, mm, it's it's yeah. hard hard to explain logically, but when you felt it, you felt it. It's ineffable. And yeah. I think that's where it comes with a lot of this like doing spiritual stuff. There comes a point where it's like you know what, maybe the human mind's not supposed to be able to communicate it in what we're doing right now with words. And that's just the level that there is a limitation. Yeah. Have you ever read the book Power Versus Force, by the way? There we we go. There we go. There we (laughs) go. Um, I was going to say, if you haven't read that one, that explains a lot of it too. But so what's read Letting Go? No, I haven't. That's Okay, well, good. I'll yeah. send it to you. I'll Th- send it thank to you, man. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It took me ages to chew through this mofo, right? Oh, it is Letting not. Go. That is not a. That is not like a casual reading while you're sipping some tea. Book. That is like. That is like, chewing through cardboard. Sit. Sit down with like a turbocharged cup of coffee and like get ready to study. 
Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that like people, when they ask me, like, do you believe in, do you believe in, um, past lives? And I, I tell them yes. Um, and I say, one of the things that I tell people is like, regardless of if we do like live past lives or future lives or whatever it is, I think one of the reasons that I really like it is because it allows me to believe that in this life, my goal is to grow. Right. And I'm not going to get to a perfect end destination by the end of this life because there's going to be another life afterwards that my goal is to continue to grow. Right. And so I think a lot of people have this fear that this fear that they're going to die. Literally, it's a fear that they're going to die. And this is the only life. And because of that, they hold back. They prevent themselves from from doing things that they want to do because they just try to survive. And if you have this view of life as like there's multiple of them and the purpose is to grow, well, then I'm going to be much more inclined to, like you mentioned, take the more difficult path, burn the boats, go do something crazy, because I know that this whole process is about, you know, spiritual learning and development. Mm, totally. So oh, I love this so much. Uh, two things come up for me when it comes to this. Um, the first one is I've had experiences when my daughters were born, there was just this overwhelming knowing I was like, this person's been here before. Like, yeah. they're like this, this isn't their first radio. Like th- th- I, I can't explain it, but I was just like, they've definitely been here before. And I think when it definitely comes to like the past lives and it's just, dude, uh, have you read the poem, the egg? No. Okay. I'll send it to you. Maybe put it into the show notes for the people. It's a three, four minute read it'll knock your socks off. It's so good. And it explains exactly what we're this, talking about here. Well, all right. So for everybody listening, don't worry. We're going to make sure that this is in the show notes. So for everybody who's lost, we're going to, we're going to feed you baby birds. Don't yeah. worry. I'll, 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 gi- I'll give you the URL to it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, f- I forgot the author's name, but it's amazing, but effectively it talks exactly about this. Um, and it's mind blowing. It's the, it's the best encapsulation in words of this kind of topic that we're talk- talking about. I love it, man. All right. So we're going to move on from all the woo-woo topics because you and I could probably start. One more thing because we just Okay. Okay. One more thing. One more thing, Chris. (laughs) Have you read the book, um, some? No. Oh, dude, you will froth (laughs) on this. Let me find the author's name of this. Don't worry guys. We're going to include all of these in the show notes. (laughs) By David Eagleman. It's called tales from the afterlives. So anyway, it's just short stories about possibilities of the afterlife and every yeah. single one you're like, Oh shit, that's amazing. Like what if that were true? Like it's anyway, it's so good. Like, dude, I'm, I'm going to buy it and send it to you. It's so good. I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm just going to be reading through this shit. Yes. Sorry. Keep going. I'm, I'm, that's, okay, that, no, no worries, man. So let's, let's bring it back to earth since neither of us are actually levitating off the ground when we meditate. Um, while we are in this world, we are going to be of this world and we are going to be successful and of service in this world. Um, so tell me about, like, tell me about for you getting to the point where you are right now, you said you've had to overcome a lot of, a lot of things, frankly. What's what do you feel is the biggest thing that you've had to overcome to get to this point in your life and in your career? Self, uh, the feeling of unworthiness. Wow. And uh, I started psychotherapy fifteen months ago, and it was a huge part of what I had to work through, which yeah. was simply me feeling unworthy. 
Um, and like last year, and it's still good, you know, but last year I did a lot of like, I, I was seeing every fucking healer that you could possibly see. I was doing psychotherapy every single week. And I, I was just, I was balls in, dude. I was going all at it. And uh, a big part was me just not feeling worthy. And it's amazing, uh, especially from an entrepreneurial point of view. Right. And I, I think this definitely goes just for any point of view, but just from my experience is a case of the dis- how you show up and your decision-making is just so rooted from your mindset. Now, I define mindset as the lens in which you view the world that shapes the world you live in. Okay. Yeah. So if your I mean, lens that you're viewing and seeing the world is skewed through I mean, um, these beliefs, it's going to hold you back. And for me, it was a feeling of unworthiness. And so that's something I've had to really get through. And it was honestly, it was late last year. I got to a point where I actually could be within myself and say that I loved myself. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, this is all that I've been looking for. But that really, it's amazing to me because obviously like I've had a lot of these conversations with a lot of very successful people in music, in sports, in, in, but business like yourself, like multiple seven figure earning business owner with, you know, documentaries and this and beautiful family, yet you can feel unworthy. Right. And it it really is like a universal limiting belief that I've never met a person that is completely void of Mm. some form of lack of worth. Mm. Right. And I I think that might be the biggest thing that we all have to overcome. I I would love to know where that, is rooted in and why yeah. it is such a common thread that weaves between so much of us. And it's like three things I say to myself every single day. I'm abundant. I am worthy. I'm grateful. I'm abundant, yeah. worthy. I'm grateful. Like there is, it's a constant theme that I keep going. It's the first things I write when I journal every single morning. Um, yeah, dude, it's super interesting. Like, and so for me, when I was doing a lot of, and still am doing a lot of psychotherapy, a lot of what came up was like inner child work. Yeah. You know what, dude? So much of it, I'm happy to share this shit, is I I could visualize my younger self, the little Chris, and all I needed to do was just put my arm around him and just tell him it's okay. Yeah. And I just I I could feel the energy just dissipate out. It could just move out. And I was like, holy shit, I feel so much better. Like this is incredible. And so Dude, I just, I can't believe how we all need to find whatever uh, medium or therapy or thing that we have to do to get to where it is that we need to get to fix our issues. But yeah. it is a huge part of what we need to do to become better people. It's it's so funny that you're bringing this up because we literally, I, I just interviewed Sharon Shravatsa. I'm not sure if you know Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Sharon, you know, sold TELUS for $3.4 billion. And you know, one of the things that we dug into in that conversation, he now coaches, you know, Fortune 100 CEOs and stuff. And he says the, you know, the biggest thing that'll help people be more successful is like healing, healing that, that past, that hurt, that lack of worth. doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you're, you're stuck in a nine to five and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, or you're a 
you know, Forbes 100 fortune, 100 business owner, and you're making a hundred million dollars, right? Like that is the biggest place that we need to start is really figuring out what is my process for healing these things. And, you know, there's different, there's different ways, there's different means, there's, you know, meditation, there's journaling, there's psychotherapy, there's, uh, there's a lot of different stuff that you can do to do this, but, you know, actively taking notice of what you need to do to become that person, I think is really important for everyone. Yes. I, and that you, you said it very well. Actively, I think that's a key word is you got to be doing it. And the word that I use is practice because yeah. I don't think there is an end point to this. It is just a practice yeah. must do day in, day out and continue to go. Yeah, the the moment you think that you've got it is the moment that you get punched in the face and realize yeah. that you don't oh, have it, right? 100%. Yeah, you're going to get kicked in the teeth as soon as you want to throw your arms up in the air and celebrate. Yeah, I love that. So, so that being said, you said it's a practice Tell me about, I want to learn a little bit about your practices. So just tell me about what's the first thing that you do in the morning and the last thing that you do before you go to bed? Uh, like first thing first, when you wake up and last thing before you go to bed. All right. First thing I do is smile when I wake up. I've gotten into the habit of like when I wake up, I like I smile and I'll hold the smile and feel it. And yeah. I get out of bed. Uh, I go wee. I drink a liter of water with apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, and some salt. Uh, then I sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. I then journal. I then write a thank you letter. Um, and then I read and then I'll get into my day. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That, that, and that's great. Do I do that every single day? No. What are the the three things I would do every single day for sure is the smile, we, and <laughs> meditate. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that the we happens every day, man. Good yeah, to know. Yeah, let's do, how, let's how, do about, how about before going to bed? One of the things that I always tell people is like, you know, everybody's really big and fixed on this morning routine, but I've noticed that like successful people actually have like an evening routine that might be more important than the morning routine. So I'm just curious. Yes, I, I agree 100. I think I think the morning routine is like way overhyped. If I could be perfect, honest, because some of the best mornings, or most productive days, if I dare want to say that, is I've woken up and I've walked straight downstairs into my office and I've just started work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and we've all had those times, especially entrepreneurs, like waking up at like. 3 a.m. with this idea and just like walking into the office it, and going. It at literally it. happened to me this morning, 2:45. There you go. See, it totally happens. And I love it when that happens. I love it because I've had so many times where I'd work from like doing 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. I've gotten so much done. And then at 8 a.m. I'm like, I'm done for the day. I'm yeah. I, I'm just going to go chill out now. Like I, I've done. I'm going to go hang out with my family. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so the, I, I call it a wind down routine, which is the most important thing. Um, one thing that we've recently uh, started to implement. I actually, I went away for a week to uh, do psychedelics and have some time by myself and stuff like that. It Good for amazing. you, man. Good yeah. for you. And uh, one thing that we do is we don't use any lights at nighttime. Yeah. No lights, only candles. Uh, do wow. the quality of sleep so much better. So much better. So there's not been watching any TV. The few times we do want to watch something like wear blue blockers, but that's like yeah, once a week, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so it's usually just candle lights, uh, no lights, no blue lights or anything like that at all that are turned on. And you so- you you do realize that by saying this on this podcast, 
you have now condemned me to never using another light again because Maddie's going to listen to this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Maddie's going to listen to this. And you and Maddie, I'm sorry. My bad. Are, are instantly, she's instantly making sure that no lights are going to be turned on again. Give it a try. Give <laughs> yeah. it a try. Like I, I, I think it's, it is really good. It sounds extreme and it is extreme, but I tell you what, the quality of sleep, not just for myself, for my wife and our children, so good. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's one key thing. Uh, spending time with like having quality time with my wife, Lauren is, would be the most important thing. Like that's really yeah. the, the time of the day that we get to spend together. And so it's just being there. Um, we make like a, a, like a coconut milk with some cacao and reishi and stuff like that in it. And we sit down together and have that. That's like super chilled out. Um, might smoke a joint once a week and chill out. Nice. I'm going to be open and honest. Um, we're going, we're going for it, man. Yeah, we totally are. Um, yeah, for me, it's the no lights and the spending quality time with Lauren to just like yeah. relax and chill out. I'll do some like, actually one thing I never really I just thought of then um, I'll do like a breathing exercise where it's like you big breath in and then you take another like, two tablespoons of breath at the top and then relax down. So it's like, and yeah. then you do that a few times around really good at letting the CO2 out um, and letting your nervous system relax as well. And then dude, I'm able to doing going to like, I was in, okay. Literally. Cause I knew I had to wake up early for this morning. Yeah. Uh, I was in bed at seven 53 last night. Nice. And I fell asleep like really quickly. And so I think the like just improving quality of sleep. And I think the wind down routine, the goal of it is to purely make sure that you can go to sleep really well. If you can tick that box, I think it's amazing. Like yeah. I was reading a book recently, uh, really going into like dreams and being able to do like lucid dreaming and being able to like recall your dreams and then being able to like link to mean what's going on with your dreams and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Like that's down the level. Do you know what I mean? But I think if you can just get good quality sleep, then your morning and then your day is going to be amazing. Well, I think, you know, it's, I think it's something that's so underrated. Like I haven't, I haven't had coffee in probably two years right? And most of it is because I get good quality sleep. And you know, it's not like I don't work hard. It's not like I don't, you know, do all these things. It's not like I don't have a high demand life. You know, I have a team of, you know, 15 to 20 people and a multi seven figure business, like we got plenty going on. Yeah. But I haven't needed to drink coffee for two years because I get great sleep. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's part of the reason they have so much anxiety or stress building up in their life. Yes, totally. I, I like it's so underrated. Sleep's so important. It's just like, if one takeaway from this, please just make sure you do what you do to have better quality sleep and quality. And, and don't, sleep. don't watch zombie movies right before you go to bed. Yeah, dude, don't do that. Oh God, no. It doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, one, I, I want to be respectful of time. So one last question that I got to ask is, you know, what's, what's one thing, this being the shit you don't learn in college podcast, what's one thing that you wish you learned in school? Uh, I want to bring it back and say, I wish I'd learned to love myself earlier. Yeah. Like, and look, so one thing. Uh, By the way, for, for those of you that are listening to this on audio, Chris is like, how tall are you? 6'2", 6'3"? Six, 6'2". Six, six, and, and he's like 6'2", and like 230 pounds of solid muscle. <laughs> so, so when you see this man telling you, I wish I learned to love myself, you listen. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I gotta be honest. I actually do think it's quite funny. I only recently kind of like cotton onto the fact I'm like, you know, these 
meathead a dude. I've got tats, beard, the whole thing. Like I look like a, a meathead. I, I've got to be honest, but it's funny. I'm a massive teddy bear inside. There's like, ooh, Buddhism and ooh, mushrooms and whatever. And you give, so you give great like, hugs, man. Great hugs. I do love hugging you. Um, <laughs> the concept of this actual podcast, what you're doing is genius. Genius. Like th- this is the shit that I want to listen into on a regular basis because it is so important. And being a father of three children, uh, my eldest being seven, like I'm very much thinking about their learning and education and what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And so like, even like we're about to, to mean, leave Australia, we're about to go to Mexico and spend a month in Mexico, then go to Bali. And it's like, well, what do we do about schooling? It was really interesting because for the last 18 months, uh, we pretty much have been homeschooling uh, Arlo. Yeah. And then putting her into school, like we just see her and obviously doing, I think all of my children's poo potpourri at the end of the day and they're perfect, but she's just way ahead. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, and we've kind of been doing it half-assed as well. (laughs) So I think it's really important that there is a big difference between the stuff that we do learn in school, in college and all that kind of stuff to what is the practical, what do I need to live a life worth living, dare I say yeah. it. And that's where it comes down to like, because I, I want to say a bunch of stuff when you ask that question. It's like the first one that comes to me is like, I wish I love myself because from there stems everything else positive. Yeah. Uh, then there's the other things like, how do I persuade other people? How do I yeah. take, take care of finances? Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. how do I communicate effectively? Do I know how to learn? So have I learned how to learn? Have you learned how to learn so that you can yeah. learn all these other things? Yeah. Exactly. And so like, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Anyway, I'll, I'll stick with uh, one answer and say, I wish I'd learned to love myself. That's okay, Chris. We can do we can do many other interviews and we can dig into each one of these individually. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. everybody would enjoy that. Um, this has been absolutely amazing, what, man. What did Sharon say? I want to know what Sharon said because he's so much smarter than me. Oh man, I'll have to go back and listen to the episode. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll listen. To I'll, it. I'll have to go back. Yeah, he's that's a smart man. He's a, that's smart, a smart man. Um, but I appreciate you being on the being on the show today, Chris. Uh, where can people learn more about you? <laughs> Everyone can go to xanderfry.com and uh, that's the place to get the most amount of uh, wealth and knowledge. <laughs> oh man, you did it! You really did it. I really All do. right. If you want to learn more about, I Chris think you're Dupay, amazing. Everyone listening, continue to listen to Xander. <laughs> like, on, no, honestly, I, this is from the bottom of my heart, dude. You are amazing, and I really appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that we are friends. Um, and I, I want to thank you for being you. Do you know what I mean? Because you honestly make me a better person. Every single interaction we have, I always walk away with a smile on my face and feeling better about life. So thank you. And I know everyone that's tuning into listening, like make this the show that you continue to listen to and like what you do Xander is amazing. So thank you dude for how you show up to this world. I I really appreciate that, man. I can't tell you how much that that feels for me and I appreciate that. But uh, I guess if everybody wants to learn more about Chris, you can go to www.xanderfryer.com. Apparently that's the place that you're going to need to go. Chris, thank you so much for this, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. 
All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.